What's happening, Hardscapers? This is episode 79 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And this is the first episode of 2021. I hope you guys had an excellent holiday and New Year's and that you're refreshed and ready to roll into 2021. We have an exciting new year ahead of us here at How to Hardscape with the content that we've got already lined up for this new year. Really excited to share this stuff with you. And I also want to take the time to just thank everyone for their support of How to Hardscape and and all this time that goes into this and seeing the reaction in the sharing and people consuming the podcast, uh, reading along with the website articles, sharing Facebook posts and reacting to Instagram posts. It really means a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of this. All of it really helps to me continue what I'm doing with How to Hardscape and to get more content out there and invest the time into all of this. So for everybody who is listening, is reading, is sharing, thank you for following along with what we got going on here. We're spending a lot of time this year on the website, rolling out articles as much as we can. We've already got 60 articles published from since we started, and we're gonna be publishing a lot more this year, a lot of focus going on that. Uh, Lots of resources there for you to check out. So howtoheartscape.com. And at the bottom of each article, there's a place where you can comment on it, add your two cents, and join in the conversation there. Um, you can even check out our merch collection on the website, howtohardscape.com slash merch if you're interested in that. And contact me, whether this is through Instagram, email, contact at howtohardscape.com for email, or however you want to contact me. It really helps me if you just let me know what you want to hear, what you want to read, uh, and, and what questions and comments that you have on what we're doing here. Today, we're going to be getting into budgeting, as it seems a great place to start the new year off with. And I'm going to be talking through my process of budgeting and how it can be applied to your business, the importance of budgeting, and also highlighting our budget and estimate spreadsheet that is also available on our website, howtohardscape.com slash budget. We'll take you right there. It really helps you get your business in order to understand your financial aspect of your business, which is so important with each estimate that goes out to ensure that you are making back the costs and staying in business by doing so. If you're already making a budget for your business, that's awesome. Maybe you'll find something in here that can be also applied to your budget or your budgeting process, whatever it may be. And if you aren't creating a budget, then this is the perfect episode for you to get started with doing so. But I definitely encourage you to go check out howtohardscape.com slash budget to see what we got there, as well as our pricing landscaping jobs course. It's free for you to just go through and see more on what we're talking about here, as well as we've got articles on uh, a lot of things, knowing your numbers. So definitely go check that out at howtohardscape.com. And without further ado, here is our budgeting episode. So when it comes to budgeting, it's always best to have the data from the previous year or years that you've been in business to kind of use that as a starting point, a foundation to moving forward in your business so that you can understand how your business is growing and how it's going to be growing based on the goals that you set in place that are outlined in every budget. Uh, If this is your first year, a lot of these things might be just playing around with the numbers, uh, asking around contractors around you or in the community, and kind of getting a basis of how to create your budget if this is your first year. 
But the reason why we budget is to ensure that we have confidence in pricing our work. Our estimates, our quotes should be based on our budget. And that should be including our overhead expenses, our labor costs, material costs, and our profit margin that we set out that we want to make. And all of this is based on our budget. It provides us a clear plan for hiring new employees and setting wages for these employees moving forward. We want to make sure that our employees' wages and earnings and raises are all included in that budget for that coming year. Because if we're pricing work six months ahead and in that time our employees are going to be having raises or or getting raises in that time and our budget doesn't reflect that for the year it's going to set us back a little bit of money and that'll eat into our profits a little bit so creating a budget to plan for that in advance really helps us to ensure that that's built into our pricing for that coming year it also helps us invest wisely and confidently in our business so that we know where our business is headed and we can make important financial decisions in our business to be able to invest in it wisely and confidently whether that's purchasing equipment making a new hire or however you're going to be growing your business you can look to your budget as a planning tool to set those goals in your business and to reach them based on your budget and it also helps you produce a net profit every single year by setting your profit margin, what you want to make in your business. And all of these things that we're going to be talking about throughout this episode in great detail. We start with a company-wide budget when we're budgeting. And it helps us set goals in different aspects of our, of our business and the different services that we have in our business to ensure that we're meeting those goals. And for me, myself, my business is not big, but if I was to have, say, salespeople or multiple crews, I can use my company-wide budget to set certain goals for each of those people within my business, as well as the different crews, as well as the different divisions within my business. Say I have a maintenance crew and a hardscaping crew. I can use that company-wide budget to then make separate budgets for those divisions based on the equipment that they're using, based on the employees in those different divisions. And then I can set goals in those divisions and with those different employees within that division. And that, that's just creating a space in which we can communicate goals to those people in our business so that they can work to reach those goals, to know that they're part of something that's bigger than them just showing up each day. And with that, you can set performance bonuses based on them reaching those goals, whether it's every quarter or every year, however it may be structured in your business. As I mentioned before, it's it's important to keep your budget from previous years in order to compare it and to see how you're growing and if you're growing as you had thought you would. Reviewing and updating your budget annually and as you may need to throughout the season if things don't progress as you expected them to uh, is is also something you should be doing. But when you should be creating your budget is the year before that budget is taking place. So hopefully you've already created your 2021 budget and that helps you to see where your company's at, to take a look at the financials and then to make decisions that year 
to say lower your tax bill. So if you know you've made a profit at the end of the year and you want to lower that based on the goals that you set in your budget for the next year, you can then use that profit to invest back into your business before that year's over in order to lower your tax bill for the upcoming tax season. So that's why we create it uh, ahead of time to set those goals, to know where we're growing so that maybe we can go ahead and start investing before that year's out to know that we're lowering that tax bill. And we only really want to do that if we know we have made a profit in our business to do so. So that's why having all these numbers ready before the end of the year and, and creating that that budget, whether it's a rough budget or whatever it may be, it really helps you set those goals and to know where you're going to invest in your business. And if you did make a profit that you should be uh, investing if you want to reduce your tax bill. This also does differ from business to business, company to company, region to region. So definitely consult a professional accountant to understand this a little bit further and to know whether or not now is a good time to lower your tax bill. Because I know that possibly taxes will be going up, say in the United States. So maybe 2020 wasn't the perfect time to lower your tax bill because that might be the lowest your taxes will be for a certain amount of years moving forward. And maybe 2021 is that year that you want to lower your tax bill the most because if taxes go up and then especially moving forward, just something to think about lots that we can get into in future episodes with the podcast, but something to uh, think about in terms of your budget, your business, and what you're going to be doing with the investments moving forward. So as we said, with your company-wide budget, you can create your company-wide budget and then you can break it down into divisions and you can understand the different percentages within those divisions that we're going to be talking about. But the important thing is starting with your company-wide budget and that starts with knowing your numbers from the previous year and setting goals for the next year, for this year in this case. And it's not about setting unrealistic goals to try to you know make as much as you can but setting realistic goals based on the moves you are making the investments that you are making the strategy in which your business is moving forward to to be able to set realistic goals that you're not over or underestimating yourself and your business and how to be able to do that is to look at your previous year uh sales and to look at areas that you know you can improve in efficiency, whether that's adding equipment, whether that's improving processes and systems in your business. We'll be talking about renting versus owning next week in the podcast. So that's something to look forward to if you're looking at purchasing new equipment. Could be adding new crew members uh, or even a new crew to your business if you're ready to scale that much up, if there's work there for that. It could be adding services. For example, if you are doing, say, 20 projects a year and you're not offering something like landscape lighting on those projects and you think that you can sell a $5,000 landscaping package on half of those projects moving next year, if you're keeping the same amount of projects moving into next year, that's, that's an extra $50,000 of revenue in your business. So that this is how you can set these goals into your business to say, we're going to be doing this much more in business based on these numbers. And these are just made up numbers. It's important to sit through 
and really strategize how you're going to make more money in your business this year. Because if you keep things the same from the previous year, more than likely you're going to be around the same revenue. You might be able to improve efficiency a little bit, but without adding a piece of equipment or doing adding another crew member to your team if it's necessary or adding a service, you're not really going to move the needle, so to speak, in that direction. Now that increase in sales is going to come at a cost of increase in overhead expenses, increase of cost of goods sold, and uh, likely an increase in labor if you're trying to meet these goals. And you need to account for that within your budget. And we'll be getting into each of these different categories, but to understand how much you need to change in your business to reach these goals, A good way to start is looking at your closing rate from the previous year. And this kind of sets you up to understand how many more leads you're going to be needing to come into the business in order to sell more projects and in order to hit these new sales goals that you've projected. So let's take a look at, say, the average job size that you had last year. So taking your revenue, dividing it by the amount of projects that you did, you now know your your average job size for that year. And you can then take your closing rates from the previous year. So hopefully you've kept a record of how many quotes that you sent out, how many people you met with, how many quotes were actually sent out, and how many of those quotes became sales for that year specifically that's going to give you your closing rate for that year. So let's just say you're working at a 40% closing rate for that year. You put out 50 quotes. That means you closed 20 of those jobs and you know your revenue for that year. If you are trying to increase your revenue by 50%, you would have to increase the amount of leads coming into your business by 50%. So those 50 leads now become 75 leads that need to come into the business. You need to then close 30 of those jobs to keep that percentage 40% closing rate. And that's how you're going to reach your sales goals for that year. That comes at a cost of increasing your marketing budget to be able to get those leads coming into your business or relying on the word of mouth leads. However, those leads are going to come into your business. That is a good way to project how you're going to bring those extra jobs in. And then it comes to a factor of how are you going to increase efficiency to fit those extra projects into your business in order to hit those revenue marks that you want, whether it's bringing in more equipment, equipment that you're not renting, that's not going to increase efficiency, so to speak, not move the needle enough. Maybe it's adding another person to the crew, whatever that might be, but at least it gives you an idea of your closing rate from the previous year and how many jobs, how many leads you need coming into the business in order to get more jobs on the schedule. It could also mean uh, just a matter of having a better closing rate in order to have more jobs and how can you increase your closing rate? What systems, what processes can you put in place in order to increase that closing rate? Another thing to think about is maybe not necessarily creating unattainable revenue goals for the year, but maybe you can increase the profit of your business, the profitability of it. And where can you change your business? Where can you increase efficiency to meet those profitability measures? 
It can be as simple as something as decreasing the cost of goods sold on a project, decreasing the material costs, whether that's having a talk with your suppliers and and talking to them about, you know, how you can make that work. How how can you get a little bit more of a discount based on the business that you've provided them the previous years and your loyalty to them. And you can actually, you know, make a good case of them offering you a little bit more of a discount on cost of goods sold. And that can come in a variety of different ways with different suppliers for all the way from your paver supplier to your bin rental company, whatever it may be. How can you decrease overhead expenses in order to increase efficiency a decrease in cost of goods sold or decrease in overhead expenses can really move the needle in terms of profitability from project to project. And as long as your price is remaining the same for that. So your budget won't show an effect, effective change of these. You'll keep your prices the same, but decreasing these is going to ultimately increase your profitability of your business. So getting into the main pieces of your budget, besides creating these revenue goals for the year and basis, basing things off of this, let's get down to the, the overhead expenses, labor costs, the material costs or cost of goods sold and profit margin that you're going to be putting on this. Now we really want to define how many weeks budgeted per season we have, how many working days per week we have and how many working hours per day are available so that we can understand how many billable hours we have per season to make back in our business. And this should be done for each division as well as defining the overhead expenses, labor costs, material costs, and profit margin for each division because a maintenance division is going to have different equipment than an install division. And uh, when budgeting these weeks, these days, these hours, you don't want to over budget. You don't want to say that you're going to be uh, working all year when there's winter, uh, you experience winter shutdown. Uh, You don't want to say that you're going to be working seven days a week just because you want to push it. You don't want to say that you're going to be working, you know, for 14 hours per day. This is what would you have an employee in your business work? Because these are the people that are going to be operating your crews, whether you're on it or not, you are the owner, but they are the hourly workers most likely. And that's what you're basing your billable hours per season on. It's not billable hours combined with all the people working in your business. It's just total billable hours per season so that we can then calculate our expenses and divide it by the billable hours to get how many how much we should be making in our business per hour so that we can then apply that to our estimates it's getting a little bit confusing now with everything that's going on that's why it's always best to create a spreadsheet have a spreadsheet like we have at howtohardscape.com/budget to input all this and have it do it for you or a software such as LMN now let's get down to overhead expenses and overhead expenses are things like equipment tools, the fuel that goes into your equipment, all the way down into things as simple as rent. 
that you're paying for your office space, for your yard. If you're working out of your house, include something in there for rent, maybe not your full rent, but a percentage of the house that you're using in terms of square footage for your office space and taking that rent off or the mortgage and putting that in there as an overhead expense because you need to have something in there that you're making back on that in your business. It can be used as a tax deduction, so it can be used as an overhead expense office supplies, marketing expenses, and that is a budgeted amount for your marketing expenses. Interest that you're paying on on financing equipment or whatever it may be, banking fees, your phone, software that you are purchasing and using on an ongoing basis, education, insurance, accounting, legal, utilities that you're paying, whatever it might be, all of these need to be included as overhead expenses in your business. And don't discount things and say, well, it doesn't make sense for me to include rent if I'm working from home. You are not valuing yourself as a business, as a business owner, if you are keeping these things out of your budget, because your estimates are going to be based on your budget. And if you don't have the overhead expenses correctly inputted, you are discounting yourself. You are not valuing yourself, your business enough. When it comes to equipment, I consider this anything over $500 because where I am Anything under $500 is 100% tax deductible in that year. Anything over is a depreciating asset uh, and, and treated as such from year in and year out. Uh, so it, it isn't 100% tax deductible in that first year. Uh, something that you would want to talk to an accountant about for your region and how you want to treat this. But for in my business, $500 and lower is a tool. And I budget a tool amount based on my previous year, how many tools, uh, how much I spent on tools, what this year's looking like, and what is that increase in revenue that I'm projecting, and how much am I gonna increase my tool budget to allow for that. Equipment works a little bit differently. Equipment, and really you can do this with tools if you want, but equipment gets calculated by using the cost you purchased it at, subtracting the resale value that you are going to resell it after you used it, and dividing it by the amount of years you're projected to use it. And that gives you the yearly cost for that piece of equipment, as well as the depreciation that that equipment incurs over its lifetime because you're calculating in that resale value at the very end of the use. Very important that you do that and include that as your yearly overhead expense. Other things are much easier to calculate, such as, you know, if you have lease payments or finance payments, those are on a monthly basis that you can calculate for the year quite easily, as is rent, other things like that. Other things need to be budgeted. So like we talked about tools, the same thing with fuel. Fuel can be budgeted based on last year's numbers and maybe you're tightening up the area in which you are working and you can budget a similar amount for the fuel or maybe even a little less or you're expanding the area where you will be working, you need to budget a little bit more for fuel. Or based on the percentage revenue that you're forecasting, maybe you want to increase it by that much as well. Same with marketing. What did you spend last year? 
how much more are you going to need to market? How much more of an increase do you project in revenue? Again, going back to leads coming into your business, how many more leads do you be coming, need to be coming into your business? How many leads did you get last year? And how much did you spend on marketing last year to get those leads? And how much is that marketing expense going to increase this year? That is how overhead expenses are calculated in my business. That's how it works for me. Some people look at equipment as once it is paid off, it no longer is a an overhead expense. Uh, it gets taken off, and that that's how you know you are able to price yourself a little bit lower. I completely, one hundred percent disagree with this. You should be keeping that equipment in your overhead expenses for as long as you have it because you should be saving for that next machine so that next machine isn't coming out of your pocket it's already been budgeted for the time that you had the previous machine and you're ready to purchase it with cash on hand also service cost during that lifespan of the machine or the equipment is going to increase as you you've had it for longer service costs can increase that's got to be budgeted in to your business as well. If you are planning to purchase a piece of equipment for the year coming up, put it in the budget now. Make sure it's in there so that you are pricing your projects for the future based on that equipment being in your business now. Even if you don't have it right now, if you're planning, this is where goal setting comes in place for the year for your budget and having that roadmap in your in your business that is your budget planning to buy it, put it in your budget now. That could be something as simple as a software that you're going to be using in your business or a piece of equipment that's coming up that you're going to be purchasing or tools, whatever it may be, however you want to structure it in your business. If you're planning on buying it, put it in the budget now. Next week, we're going to get into the debate of owning versus renting a piece of equipment and talking a little bit more about that. So look forward to that next week. But for now, overhead expenses is covered and we're gonna move on to labor costs in your business. And when it comes down to labor costs, if somebody in your business is on a salary, that's treated much like an overhead expense would because you know exactly how much that person is going to cost you throughout the year. You can then divide it by the billable hours per season to get how much you need to recoup to make back what they're going to cost you. When it comes to hourly employees, we have their hourly pay plus any raises that they're going to get during the year. And we assign them to jobs. So we have a crew and we'll assign that to every job, each employee that's going to be on that crew to that job to make back their hourly pay. Another way you can do it is that you know the billable hours per season. You can then calculate that based on their base wage, multiply those. Then you know basically almost like a salary number, how much they're going to cost you for that full season. Then you can treat them like a salary employee. Uh, I prefer not to do that. Another thing you need to think about is overtime, how much you're going to be paying them for overtime. So if you are budgeting 10 hours per day, 50 hours per week, how much over that are you going for overtime? And how do you calculate that as a an overtime rate? So how many more hours are you are they going into overtime? And what's the overtime rate? Multiply that, add that. That's why we just prefer to do a 
an hourly rate and assign them to each job and then to calculate that over time separately again using a spreadsheet really helps to organize all of this now you also need to incorporate labor burden and this is everything beyond the hourly wage that that employee is going to cost you things like workers comp benefits if you're paying benefits payroll taxes as well as the cost of having a new employee come on that you're going to be needing to train them and that's going to be leading to inefficiencies in your business until they are able to pick this up all of this needs to be put into a percentage based on your experience, based on what you know with payroll taxes, insurance in your region, have a percentage as a markup, as a, sorry, a margin that you're going to increase that hourly wage, that salary in order to recoup that in your labor costs. So another, so to speak, a, a margin that you're making in addition to that, in order to know that you are going to recoup all the costs that come with hiring that employee. And that brings me now to yourself as an owner and your wage and ensuring that you are paying yourself a reasonable wage in your business. This is super important to include. A lot of people think that their profit, what they make in their business is theirs and they're not including their own owner's salary in the budget. And by doing so, you are devaluing yourself, you are devaluing your business and you're not making the money that you should be making in your business over that time. The reason why we include this in a budget, it really doesn't matter if you are actually paying yourself this salary over the year or what you have worked out with your accountant to be paying, be paid in dividends, even though you should be paying yourself a reasonable salary for tax implications. But it really doesn't matter as long as you have a reasonable salary in your budget to know that you are making that money in your business so that you know that you're charging enough to your clients. There's a lot of reasons why you do this. Uh, one being, you know, what happens if something horrible happened to you that took you out and you're an owner operator and you needed to find somebody to replace what you do in your business, you would then have to be paying them. And if you didn't budget your salary into every project, you don't have the money available to get somebody to take over your role or to even subcontract that work that you have out to somebody else. You're going to be losing lots of money doing this. You just want to make sure that you are valuing your services and your business and, and how to be able to come up with this number. There's a couple ways you can go about this. You can add up all the different roles that you fill in your business. You know, if you're an owner operator starting out, you're, you're a part-time bookkeeper, you're a foreman, you're a salesperson, you're a designer, not full-time all of these, but you're part-time all of these. So what would it cost you to hire out these part-time roles to people? Add that all up. That's your reasonable salary that you could include in a budget. Don't overestimate. Don't say that you're worth a million dollars and put that in there. You're going to price yourself out of the market with every project, but you want to make sure you're paying yourself a reasonable salary. Another way about doing this and maybe at the end of the year or throughout the year you are paying yourself but on a in the budget you've got an increased salary to know that you're making up that value but you just want to be knowing that you knowing your life 
costs, your life expenses, your life expenses, your rent, your mortgage, how much food costs you each month, essentials that are, are important to you, as well as saving and investing into your future. What does that cost you on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis? That's your salary that you can include. That's what you should be paying yourself. Maybe you want to mark that up to put it into the budget to know that you've got a little bit of a leeway there. But ultimately, talk to an accountant to know the best way to pay yourself and the best way to structure your business legally. Cost of goods sold, it's a good idea to have an idea of how much cost of how much the cost of goods sold are going to be in your business this year although when you're quoting when you're estimating it's going to vary from project to project but at least you'll have an idea of how much you're going to be charged out for cost of goods sold and this is a based on a percentage that you are increasing your revenue by so what did you forecast for your goals for this year how much is your revenue going to increase by that's how much likely your cost of goods sold are going to increase by compared to last year this also depends on you know the, the additional services that you're going to offer and how much those services are going to be cost of goods sold as opposed to overhead expenses, profitability, labor included into that. Again, being able to talk to your suppliers about negotiating a price will decrease your cost of goods sold. But if you do decrease your cost of goods sold that way, keep your prices the same on cost of goods sold. Follow what the retail price of those cost of goods sold would be in your budget so that you're not once again devaluing yourself you might even want to add a markup on top of that retail amount based on where you are in your market in terms of pricing based on warranties that you offer for those products should anything go wrong you know based on past experiences how much percent fail in terms of those products so if you're plants uh how many times do you go back and replace those how much percent of the time are you going back to replace that plant that is your markup your margin that extra that you're going to be charging on top of that so that you know that if there is a warranty issue you are covered by that markup and you can take that however you want and that that's going to change from business to business that's also going to change at the end of this when we compare what we charge as opposed to how much our market charge how much other contractors in our market charge and maybe we're too high maybe we're too low cost of goods sold is a little bit flexible in terms of how much you want to mark up those materials and that brings us to profit profit is everything above and beyond this and think of profit as a return on investment in your business how much your business is going to return because it is an investment you could put this money instead of owning a business you could be putting this money into a into the market into the stock market and make a return that way and since the start of the stock exchange i think it's like 11% per year on average the stock market has returned that's a bit aggressive maybe go Turn, tune that back down to like 8% that you can kind of expect over the long term. Obviously, from year to year, it goes up and down. But you could just take that money, put it into an index fund, and know hypothetically you'll be making 8% per year on that, on that money. And that's other people working your money to earn that percentage. There's not a whole lot of risk involved to that. Obviously the markets can go up and down and depends on your risk tolerability, but your business is a risk. Your business is a major risk in some cases. Hauling equipment around and fines that might come about by doing so, 
the possibility of somebody getting injured on your projects, this is a big risk. So you're going to want to be making more than an 8% return on your investment. Starting point, 10 to 15%. That's kind of a good starting point in your business to create a margin around. Obviously, if you haven't been doing this in the past, and in seeing that spike in terms of what you're going to be charging, maybe you want to tune that down and work your way up to that margin. But it's incredibly important that you are making a profit margin in your business above and beyond everything that we've talked about in here, because this is your return on investment in your business. You're free to do what you wish with your profit. But this is my mindset around that. You also want to think about the difference between markup and margin and what that means in your business. Markup is you take 10%, you mark something up by that, you are not making a 10% margin on that. So if you have $100, you mark it up by 10%, that's $110, but that's not a 10% margin, that's a 9.09% margin. If you wanna make a 10% margin, you're going to not multiply by 10%, but you're going to divide by the inverse, 90%. So 100% minus your 10% margin is 90%. You're gonna take $100, divide it by 90%. That's gonna give you $111.11. And then you know that that is a 10% margin because then you can take a, your, your profit on that, so $11.11, and divide it by the total amount, $111.11, and you know that that is a 10% margin. Understanding the difference between markup and margin is incredibly important because that, for that $100, is just is, is just a difference between $1 and $0.11 cents between markup and margin. But once you're getting into the millions, you're talking about a lot, a lot of money that you are leaving on the table. So know the difference between markup and margin and know what you are doing with that. And all that said, that is your budget for the year. You can then take your budget and you can know that with every quote, with every estimate that you're putting out there, you can base it on your budget and know that you're making back what you need to be making back in your business to grow each and every year and to stay in business each and every year. If you haven't budgeted before, it'd be really interesting to compare pricing a job last year and pricing a job this year with your budget and comparing the two and seeing how you price jobs before compared to now, where you are off, where were you right, and to kind of understand that moving forward and how important a budget is to you. It's also a good idea to compare yourself against the market and understanding what contractors around you are charging. If you're still charging by square foot, please stop, base it on your budget, base it on reality, base it on real financials. That's how you grow a business, not based on square footages, not based on, because every project is going to be different. Compare your price, your pricing a project to your market. Are you too low? Are you too high? Do you need to adjust markups on cost of goods sold? Do you need to adjust profitability and bite the bullet? Do you need to adjust your salary? Whatever it might be, just know that if you are taking a discount on this price, based on the budget you've created, it's coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of your profitability. It's coming out of these goals that you've set forth in your budget. And of course, when it comes down to creating a quote or an estimate, 
you can kind of try to gauge how long a project is going to take you and then base it on your budget. Again, coming back to the amount of working hours that you have in a season, or you can start taking note of production rates in your business and to start getting data based on that note taking on production rates gets gets really detailed down to the amount of people on the project what exactly they were doing what equipment they were using and how long it took them to do specific parts of a project from excavation to base prep where was the excavation front yard backyard was it a driveway was it a, a raised patio Lots of things that we can get into in production rates, and maybe that's a future episode. But that is included in our budget and estimate spreadsheet. Again, howtohardscape.com slash budget to learn more about that tool and how you can implement that tool into your business for 2021 and to ensure that you're making what you need to in your business to be growing each and every year based on your goals and what you have projected for your business to ensure that you're going to indeed stay in business. And I know this episode, I've said business and budget many, many times, but thank you for uh, sticking with me through this all. Once again, this is how I operate in my business. This is how I suggest you operate in your business. It may vary here and there, and we can get really fine into the details of setting goals in your business in terms of revenue and how to split that up into different divisions and what that looks like and setting sales goals and creating bonuses around those sales goals and achieving uh, different profit margins, which brings us to job costing and, and taking the estimated hours, the estimated uh, projection for a project and comparing them to the actual, you know, at the end of the project, how much money you actually made, doing that during that whole project to ensure that you're staying on track, tracking hours. All of this is for future episodes of the How to Hardscape podcast and things that you got looking forward to with this podcast. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know if this was of, of value. If we should go deeper into this, lots of things that we can get into, comments, suggestions, things you do differently in your business, again, reach out to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtohardscape.com for more information on this subject. Once again, howtohardscape.com slash budget for that budget and estimating spreadsheet and all of our resources there on the website. We'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast, left us a rating and review if you're using Apple Podcasts. To share this podcast really, really helps us get it out there into more people's ears and helps us, it helps me create more content for the industry that I know and love. We look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.